Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. This is our special recruiting episode uh, before National Signing Day, of course. We're joined by Keith Niebuhr. I'm your host, Brandon Marcello, AuburnUndercover.com. Keith, uh, we've been into this cycle here um, over the last couple of years where there's a first early signing period and National Signing Day. So uh, the pickings are slimmer, so to speak, when you get to this uh, I guess the, what everybody just perceives as National Signing Day, even though it's like the second signing day in a lot of ways now. But how many spots does Auburn have that they can fill? How many are they potentially going to sign on Wednesday? And we'll get later and deeper into this, of course, about some other players. But how many how many guys can they sign and what's feasible come Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, it looks like, you know, Auburn's got 19 commitments right now. One of them is a grad transfer. You broke that story. J.J. Wilson, that Wilson, the H-back from Arizona State. Uh, uh, they have two other guys committed that are not signed. One is five-star receiver George Pickens. The other is three-star linebacker Cameron Brown. But 16 guys have already signed, so 16 plus those three is 19. We think they can go up to 25, and we think they may save a spot for later on. In other words, after spring practice, let's say a position group just doesn't do that well or Maybe Brandon, yeah, God forbid somebody gets hurt or two guys get hurt and they need an emergency. They, they, they need somebody to fill in in an emergency situation and they can go out and get a grad transfer. So the feeling is probably six, if they can get them to sign on Wednesday. We don't know. You, you, you know, you, you think you can get these guys it doesn't always work out, but up to six, the feeling is, and then maybe hold a spot or, or still have the ability. You're not holding a spot per se, but you'd still have the ability to maybe add somebody later. For example, Michael Petway, who we just wrote about, the Arkansas grad transfer receiver. Well, after spring practice, if, if Auburn's receivers aren't looking so hot or somebody gets hurt or they feel like, you know, we just haven't replaced, uh, you know, Darius Slayton. Suppose the coaches say that in their meetings. Uh, OK, well, here's a guy you can go out and get, let's say. So they, they'll probably save some uh, some room for somebody like that. But uh, six spots probably is what they would want to fill on Wednesday in a perfect world. And and they're really in it with six guys. I mean, they feel pretty good about all six of them. Uh, and then also they've got to hold on to George Pickens, the five-star receiver, who anybody and everybody's come after. Georgia, Miami, LSU, Tennessee just visited over the weekend. So uh, that would be the main focus right now. And I want to get into George Pickens. I yeah. mean, the guy is dynamic on video from everything I've seen. I'm obviously not following recruiting as closely as you do, um, but – does Auburn have something to worry about there? He's been a long time commitment, but as you said, these schools keep coming after him and he's been relatively quiet about some things when it comes to Auburn and the recruitment he's had over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I think you always have to be concerned, you know, when a guy waits this long and takes all these visits and, you know, the thing with George is it's not that he doesn't like Auburn, but you know, he committed to Auburn Brandon on July 21st, 2017. At the time he had very little offers, very few offers, excuse me. Uh, very little national recognition. He was a three-star kid. And then he blew up and he thought, you know, maybe I should enjoy my recruitment. Uh, so, you know, him and his mother and his, his brother, Chris Humes, uh, Humes, who plays in the CFL, said, you know, let's let's have him take visits. Let's, let's make sure he is positive that's where he wants to be. And, you know, so that's always a concern because you might fall in love on one of these visits. You might fall in love with the school, the program, a woman. I mean, <laughs> who knows? And so it's always something that, that's in the back of your mind. I hope you can hold on to this guy. But all along, Auburn has felt like the relationships were really strong, strong enough to hold on. But, but also remember Chip Lindsey, the old offensive coordinator, and, and uh, George and George's family were extremely close. 
when Chip was the head coach at Spain Park, he actually coached Chris Humes, who is George Pickens' older brother. And then Chris went on to Arkansas State and signed with Gus Malzahn. So they have these longstanding relationships, and they've always felt like that would be enough. Also, they feel like George really likes it at Auburn and wants to be in Auburn. But look, George has had some concerns, too. The offense looked terrible at times last year. Now, uh, you know, Gus Malzahn calling plays was something he seemed to like. The offensive explosion in the bowl game was something he liked. Uh, George wants the ball, as all receivers do. You know, you want to have all these great receivers on your team, but if they all have 23 catches, then you're not going to get as many of them in the future. So, look, he, he's a player that's uh, uh, got a major appetite for the football on the field, and, you know, people don't necessarily like that, but that's who receivers are. That's the, the best of them are always those alpha male types that want the ball. Uh, and you've got other teams out there like Georgia saying, look, you know, look at look what, what we lost. Terry Godwin, uh, McCall Hardman, R- uh, Riley Ridley, they're gone. You would be the guy. You would be the guy in year one. And that's appealing to a young guy. Uh, Tennessee, uh, you know, trying to rebuild there. Got some young talent coming in, a couple five-star offensive linemen, most likely. Miami, uh, Tate Martell's going to be there for a while. So there's a new buzz with Miami. And then LSU, which, you know, quite frankly, has put as many big-bodied receivers, which is what George is, into the NFL in recent years as anyone. So, you know, you got all those schools active. So it's given them a lot to think about. I think, you know, for Auburn, he officially visited Tennessee over the weekend. But Brandon, as you know, he then went back to Auburn Sunday night just to hang out. So, you know, they feel really good. Of course, George is a young guy that can be unpredictable at times. And, you know, there's always that risk that he wakes up Wednesday morning and says, maybe I want to go somewhere else. So you really don't know. And that's why nothing is a given. That's why you feel much better if he'd already signed in December, obviously. It's, they've really had to sweat it out. But again, I think they feel like the relationships with George, his mother, his brother are so strong that ultimately that would win out. And obviously, you know, they have a hot prospect at quarterback in this class, Bo Nix, and those two are very close. So all the tea leaves point to Auburn, but you know, that doesn't always mean you're getting somebody. But again, Auburn continues to feel good, Brandon. I'd, I'd always be so interested to just like get the – like true story behind some of these oh, kids yeah. are getting getting like just chased after all these schools and practically begging for them in the final week. It just must be exhausting for the kids sometimes. Well, um, you know, you know, Brandon, you know, we talk about recruiting and <clears throat> sources and all that. So you've got parents, they'll talk to you if, you, if they like you, the kids themselves. Uh, then you've got people connected to the, the programs that we cover as reporters. Uh, then you've got the high school coaches, high school coaches. Often people say, Sometimes we'll give you um, we'll give you the least amount of information because you know if you're a high school coach do you want to say do you want to say Alabama's no longer in the picture because that means if that's the case then Nick Saban's not going to be calling me three times a week anymore and they like those phone calls believe me uh, and then there's the unknown you know is there is there an uncle that just appeared in this kid's life that's looking for something you know what I mean and is there some nefarious subject on the other side of it. That, that is involved in these things. And, and, you know, you'd like to think there isn't, but there's been enough schools on probation in the last hundred years that say otherwise, Brandon. So, you know, there's always the, the knowns and the unknowns and in recruiting, a lot of times there's more unknowns than knowns, but yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I think the thing that kids don't realize is, you know, if you don't want it to get hectic, then don't allow so many schools to recruit you, especially late. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're, if it's a week out and you're still talking to seven schools, that's really on you as a young man. And I'm not, I'm not pointing to any, I'm not pointing to any kids, but that's really kind of the issue. Uh, you know, you can shut these people out if you want. And I don't, I'm not sure enough kids do that. 
Yeah, and you look at a situation like sometimes there's just kids that kind of uh, come to the forefront late in the process. We saw with DJ Williams during the early signing period, Auburn offered him and then everybody wanted him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden he became a hot item. Now talk to me a little bit about Auburn and its quest to get a couple of offensive linemen. Still some question marks there going yeah. into signing day. And obviously a very, very important position of need along that offensive line. Well, Brandon, you and I have talked about this at length. And when you look back at the, the Gus Malzahn offensive line sign, excuse me, since 2013, it's not a pretty picture. Now, a lot of these guys were big name recruits. And quite frankly, many of them didn't pan out. But it hasn't been a great success story. If you take away the grad transfers and the transfers, uh, well, let's look at the left tackle right now, Prince Tegawanago. Well, Auburn signed him out of high school. That's a great signing. But, but he was a defensive lineman. He was a defensive end. He wasn't an offensive line recruit. So that's kind of a fortunate break. Uh, Casey Dunn transferred from Jacksonville State. Boy, that guy was, a, I mean, a stalwart on the offensive line. So they need to do a better job during this part, you know, during the evaluation part and getting guys in. And unfortunately, last year, Auburn only signed two. And this year, they only have two guys committed. So, you know, they really cannot finish with two guys committed. If they if they miss on a couple of the guys that they're recruiting on Wednesday, then that means they're probably going to have to add some transfers. And, and Brandon, I don't know, maybe you agree or disagree with me here, but I think you'd want regular transfers, not graduate transfers, because you have your whole offensive line back. So, I mean, a graduate transfer that's worth his weight is going to be not wanting to come to Auburn because Absolutely. he wants to start. Yeah, he wants to start. So what you do is you find some legitimate transfers that are pretty good, sit out a year, and then in 2020 you hope they're ready to go. Of course, the question is, if a guy's leaving his school as a regular transfer, you know, how good is he? We don't, you know, so that that becomes a question. But then they would have to really attack next year. I mean, probably sign, you know, saw it down at Florida right now. Florida's got like seven offensive linemen committed, Brandon. That's incredible. And they might take a grad transfer. That would be eight. So you might see Auburn in an unfavorable position um, uh, of having to do that next year. But anyway, the two guys are really locked in on right now. Kamar Bell is a, a center guard, probably center, out of uh, Colquitt County, Georgia, South Georgia, south of Albany. Moultrie, Georgia's the town. They feel really good about him, but you know, FSU feels pretty good about him too. So it's an Auburn FSU battle. The other kid is Ira Henry, a, a tackle guard swing guy. I know he's listed a tackle, but he's six four, so he may be more of a guard, but he's out of St. Louis, Missouri. Auburn got in on him late, got in on Kabar Bell early, got on, on Ira Henry late, but it's another Auburn FSU battle. Uh, and those two kids may want to play together. I mean, they've talked about it. So, again, Auburn feels really good about Kamar Bell, hopes they get him, hope they get him, or that's what their hope is. And, and then they think that if that happens, that the, the other kid may follow. Uh, the risk of that is maybe if Bell picks FSU, I mean, you could, you, you, you could go 2-0 and or 0-2. And, and some people think you're either going to be one or the other. You're probably not going to go 1-1. One and one, But I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of kids kind of do what they want to do anyway. They're not like – yeah, I want to play with these guys, but I'm still going to do what I want to do. Then there's a third lineman in the equation, a kid out of uh, – I think he's in Mississippi, Darius Washington, who just decommitted from Mississippi State. Now, he's not being recruited heavily by Auburn, but he's real tight with these two kids, and his finalists are FSU and Miami. So if he's going to FSU, does that then help FSU with Kamar Bell and Ira Henry, the Auburn targets? The flip side of that is – and it's a lot going on here, Brandon. I'm probably losing everybody, but – Miami thinks they can get that kid. 
So that kid doesn't go to FSU. FSU could go 0-3. And by the way, I don't know if you saw their offensive line last year, but you and I probably could have started to tackle. So yeah, they're pretty terrible. They've got problems too. So they're desperate. They, they, they're desperate. They need these guys. And Auburn's desperate because in 2020, when after this whole offensive line leaves, you know, Auburn's going to have some major openings, some major holes to fill. So it's two schools that absolutely you, – you can't look at one and say they have a bigger need than the other. <laughs> in 2020, both these teams – uh, these guys, if you're good in this class, you're going to be playing. So if Auburn can land these two guys, all of a sudden you have a pretty pretty strong offensive line class. They would join uh, Justin Osborne as a three-star tackle out of Texas. And really the, the the bell cow of the group is a kid named Keandre Jones, a four-star guard uh, out of um, uh, Hogansville, Georgia, Callaway High School. Not that far, just just east of, of, uh, of Auburn, right across the state line. And he's really good. He had a great week at the Under Armour All-America game. ESPN has him the number one rated guard in the country. Now we didn't 24 seven don't have him as high, but he's a really good player. But I, I just, Brandon, if Auburn goes 0 for two on Wednesday, it really puts them in a bad spot moving forward. Now they, again, they feel pretty good, but so does FSU. And, you know, as you get closer to signing day, these kids start shutting it down there. So you're relying on sources close to the program sometimes more than sources close to the schools. Now we know that Kamar Bell has some ties to Auburn. Uh, one of Auburn's uh, graduate assistants used to play at the same high school, and so he knows him really well. Uh, and then also with uh, with Ira Henry, we hear that while he may be on the fence, quite frankly, he may even favor FSU. His parents really like Auburn, and sometimes your know, mom and dad have a way of winning out those battles. You know what I mean? They're the ones that are taking you to the airport and picking you up and paying for your food and all that stuff. And and so they're, <laughs> you know, fans always get mad when when a kid doesn't pick your school because of the parent, but these are family decisions and, and they're going to weigh into that. So Auburn's hoping and praying they can land these two guys, at least one of them, but hopefully two. Another signing day decision coming up is uh, running back Mark Anthony Richards, um, who everybody's been talking about uh, and whether he's going to Auburn. I've got a crystal ball in. I think yeah. he's going to pick Auburn on Wednesday. I'm, 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 Feel very, very locked in on that pick. How do you feel about Auburn's chances of signing him Wednesday? And what do you make of this running back class for Auburn uh, over these first, or should I say, the only two signing periods of the 2019 class? Yeah, I'm with you. You're you're way out in front on this one. I, I felt like for a long time they had a really good shot at this guy. Uh, you know, his brother played at Miami, Amon Richards, but uh, the outstanding receiver. But when he was being recruited, Auburn finished second. He, he developed a great relationship with the Auburn staff. And and Mark Anthony was just a young guy back then, eighth, ninth grader in that range. And he always liked going to Auburn. You know, if he picks Auburn, Brandon, this is kind of fascinating. If he picks Auburn and stays for four years at Auburn, or I guess three, um, he would have attended four Iron Bowls in his life at Jordan-Hare. He's already been to two of them. He's been to the Iron Bowl twice. Now, this is a kid out of South Florida. That says a lot. You know, he's, he, is, uh, he, he loves going to Auburn. He's got family in Macon and so many kids you know, we talk to recruits all the time from Miami to New York to L.A. It's amazing how many of them have grandparents that live in Georgia or Alabama, right? And so he's got ties to that area. Uh, loves Auburn, loves that they've compared him to carry on Johnson. They always recruited him at running back, right? So some of these other schools said, and by the way, this is similar. It's funny that he's compared to carry on Johnson by Auburn because, Brandon, you'll remember when carry on Johnson was recruited, Alabama at first wanted him at safety. And a lot of schools wanted him at safety. And our recruiting uh, ranking people, rankings team at 24-7 thought, hey, he's probably a safety. 
Yeah, I was he, shocked uh, actually yeah. going back ranking the the top twenty five recruits since two thousand, seeing him listed as an athlete. I I had completely forgotten about yeah. that just because of how great of a running back he turned into. Well, you remember he was a little taller. I mean, not tall, tall, but you know, six foot, six foot and a half, but le- a little more on the lanky side. And that was that time where people were thinking, you know, boy, that's a little tall. The knees will be exposed, and and lo and behold, then Derrick Henry comes along, and now and, and Todd Gurley. Now everybody's like, yeah, we'll take those taller backs. We'll we'll be fine with them. They'll be okay because your running backs don't have a long shelf life anyway. So who cares? You might as well get the most talented guys. So it's a similar recruitment though, because Carryon Johnson loved that Auburn saw running back in him. Well, Mark Anthony Richards loves that Auburn saw a running back in him, whereas. I don't want to name the other schools, but you know, most of the schools recruiting him say offensive athlete or some said DB. Now they're all saying running back, obviously, because once they figured out that's what he really wanted to play, then they they kind of shifted. But always, always to him, Auburn said running back, and he liked that. So they feel really good. You've got your sources that say they should feel really good. You're better sourced on this one probably than I am. And uh, you know, that would be a big pickup because DJ Williams, who you mentioned earlier in the show, an outstanding running back. And that gives you a little bit of a pounder and an outside guy, a little little thunder and lightning. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, Tim Horton's no longer coaching. And if I could just say something nice about him, you know, he took a lot of heat, wasn't getting the big name guys. Well, if they land Mark Anthony Richards, a lot of it's because of the work he put in. He's not the early recruiter, but he got, to know, he got to know Mark Anthony. And the whole reason they have DJ Williams is because of Tim Horton. I know this for a fact. This is an unequivocal, undeniable fact. I know this. And, uh, and, you know, so let's give him credit. You know, he, he, I mean, I guess there were a class or two where the running backs weren't up to the standards that, that Auburn fans thought. But, uh, they could get these two guys. You're talking about arguably one of the two or three best backfield combinations in the entire country in this recruiting class. And again, a lot of that is Tim Horton's to to the credit of Tim Horton. Obviously I think Cadillac Williams is going to do an outstanding job moving forward, but you know, but let's not forget this because uh, it's so easy to, to poo poo somebody uh, when things aren't going great, you know? Yeah. When, I mean, when, when Tim Horton uh, was uh, let go, I don't think DJ Williams and his family was very happy. We're very happy uh, from what I understand. I want to talk about Charles Moore. Yeah. Uh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> what's he gonna do, man? It's been it's been a crazy few days. He goes to LSU uh, to visit. Of course, he's decommitted from Mississippi State, um, and then he goes to LSU to visit, and then he <coughs> goes and visits nearby Mississippi State in Starkville. Yeah. He's from Louisville, Mississippi, which is about like a thirty to forty five minute drive south yeah. of Starkville. What's going on there? What is Auburn having any contact? How do they feel about Charles Moore, this big time uh, defensive lineman? Well, as you know, as you get closer to signing day, people start clamming up a little bit more. Uh, but I, all indications are Auburn continues to feel like they're the team to beat here. And we're also hearing from people connected to other programs, not just reporters. Brandon, you and I know people that work at other schools, okay? They seem to think that the Auburn's probably in the best position now. Is that 100%? You know, people get mad at me sometimes, some readers, because I'm not like always locked in 100%. Because there is no 100%. I mean, Bo Nix was probably as close to 100% as you could ever imagine. Uh, but there aren't many like him, okay? So this kid's got a lot going on in his mind. Let's just to re- rehash here. He committed to Mississippi State a couple years ago when Dan Mullen was the head coach. Missed his, most of his junior year, I believe, with a torn ACL. Mississippi State stuck with him. He loved that. But then Mullen left. He had to get a, get to know the new staff there. Okay, That gave Auburn a chance 
to kind of work its way in. And what did Auburn do a year ago? Added Marcus Woodson to the staff, a Mississippi native who was plugged in in that region. Okay, so that allowed Auburn to get its feet in the door. He visited once, twice, three times. I think four or five times now he's visited Auburn. He's been to uh, games. He's been to uh, summer events, spring events, everything. He feels comfortable there. He's very good friends with Jaron Handy, the Auburn defensive line, uh, defensive line, defensive line signee from Hattiesburg. Okay, now that's a big deal. Now, Hattiesburg is not that close to Louisville, but in their circle, they're very good friends. Uh, that's something that won't necessarily get you a guy, but it certainly won't hurt. They officially visited the same weekend, and quite frankly, they didn't go out and party. They played video games together the whole time. They're just close guys. They're homebody types. Sounds uh, like so that I, type of type of uh, yeah. So it sounds like uh, it sounds like that, uh, you know, that that helps. OK, so all these things are working in the Auburn's favor relationship with Rodney Garner, relationship with Kevin Steele. Gus Nazan has taken a big interest. And then, you know, then he finally decommitted from Mississippi State, something Auburn people thought he would do. That's another good sign. Uh, the one time it wasn't a good sign is when Auburn thought that they were sure Justin Fields was going to decommit from Penn State and flipped Auburn. And he, he did part of that, but not the other part. But. But look, so you don't always know. But they were on top of it, basically. They saw it coming, so they weren't caught off guard. He immediately named Auburn as leader, went to Florida, put Florida on top. Went to FSU, said it was a great visit, then eliminated them three days later. Went to LSU this past weekend. Going into the visit, LSU felt great. During the visit, LSU got some weird vibes. Out of the visit, they don't think they're in it. (laughs) He went to Mississippi State Sunday night, kind of like George Pickens did, just to kind of hang out. Now, a few weeks ago, the narrative was in Starkville that Mississippi State had dropped him. Well, I, I, that's probably not true. If he's, uh, they sent their entire staff basically, the head coach, to see him last week, and then the kid was on campus Sunday. So sometimes when people aren't getting a kid, that's kind of the narrative you put out there. Yeah, we didn't really want him anyways. Feels like that happened there, but prematurely because surely they do want him. They went and saw him. So now we think, we think <laughs> Auburn and Mississippi State, Brandon, but I mean, really. I feel like probably Auburn because they're the one constant in his recruitment, right? Very close to these kids at Auburn, very close to the staff. And again, now this is another one where the parents, from what we're told, our sources prefer Auburn. They prefer Auburn. People will remember that his father is some kind of contractor and worked in Opelika for part of last year. So he would come over occasionally and visit with the staff just himself, just to get to know those guys. So the comfort level is there. Uh, but, you know, Starkville's right down the road. Solid program. Solid program. I think Joe Moorhead's a good coach. I, I, I don't know anybody that really would or could dispute that. So he's got to uh, just do what, they, what his heart tells him at this point. Probably a good opportunity at both schools. I mean, Mississippi State lost some defensive linemen, so he could maybe play a little earlier there. But after 2019, it's wide open at Auburn, right? So I think that's probably a wash. It just, you know, where is he going to be comfortable at? I, I feel like right now, Brandon, we're recording on Monday night. I feel like Auburn's probably got the best shot because, again, the number two school seems to change every week. And Auburn's the one constant. And I've always thought, you know, if the number two school keeps changing, is there really a number two? But we think it's going to be one of those two. I, I think Mississippi State feels like they're very much in it. I think everybody else is kind of just looking up at those two now. And, uh, again, people at other schools. I, I know some people close to the staff at LSU, and they think uh, they think that Auburn's probably the team to beat. But we'll see. That's another one, another one right on the fence. Signing day is never short on drama. Maybe a little less drama than in the past because of the early signing period. But we're going to have plenty of drama. Looks like for Auburn, a couple things we we can say. 
I've been told by a source, running back Jamius Griffin, no surprise here, is not going to commit to Auburn. Looks like he's going to Georgia Tech. And then the longtime LSU commitment, cornerback Maurice Hampton, looks like he's going to go to LSU. Some people thought that he might decommit from LSU, and if that happened, and or excuse me, if he visited Auburn this past weekend, maybe that would mean he would come to Auburn, but he didn't visit. And so uh, Auburn has moved on, and I've been told Auburn has also moved on from running back Jamius Griffin. Uh, Keith, yeah, what else should we be looking for on signing day? Could there be any other surprises other than these names we've discussed already? What are you expecting? Could this be a long day for Auburn as far as waiting for commitments? Or could we potentially see something where Auburn feels pretty good early in the morning, all their letters are in, and and the rest is just gravy? Yeah, you know, I I think there's going to be no big surprises. But, again, the caveat to that is if Auburn misses on one or both of these linemen, do they go to that plan B? Do they go to some guys who we don't even know that they've been talking to? Because if, you, if you're Auburn right now, what you're doing is you're trying to probably keep a couple of guys warm here or there. And what you don't want is you don't want your competitors to know to know this is happening, to know their names and schools and all that. Because one, then they can use that against you. And two, then they can move in on those guys. So if it's a three-team battle and, and you're recruiting against uh, FSU and, and North Carolina for a guy – and you're getting ready to maybe whiff on a couple of guys, and, and one of the other schools that's going to whiff too finds out about your backup guys, they may try to back backdoor you there. So there's a lot of reasons to keep all that stuff to yourself. Uh, but, you know, that's – yeah. There's last year there were no surprises. A couple of years ago it was Booby Whitlow. The year before that it was Daniel Thomas. It doesn't seem like there's one of those guys right now. <laughs> but, but, Brandon, I mean, I've seen so many strange things. Who knows? You know, again, I think everything is going to hinge on whether they get one or both of these linemen, because I just feel like if they don't get either one, maybe, maybe they pick up the phone and call somebody that day that, that, that's waiting and saying, all right, here's the deal. We've, we've got a spot. Are you interested? Because, you know, one thing Auburn could do on the offensive line, Brandon, they don't need somebody to play right away. No, they, they just don't. So, you know, you'd prefer a guy be ready in year two. And and if he's no good, then or, you know, real project, it could take longer than that. But they have a little bit of flexibility there. The question is, do you then want to use that spot or just say, you know what, we can get through this year, but now in 2020, you have to sign seven or eight offensive linemen. So that those are tough decisions to be to be made. We'll have full coverage at AuburnUndercover.com and uh, certainly keep it there all the way up till signing day because things could change hour by hour. We might hear some good news, bad news for Auburn leading up to then, but Still, plenty to watch here. Charles Moore, Mark Anthony Richards, uh, the offensive lineman, as you mentioned, and George Pickens, who I'm very curious about uh, just because of how quiet things have been. But seems like Auburn's always on his mind, and he was obviously on campus Sunday, and he wanted to keep it quiet. Recruiting so much fun to, to follow and that's why fans go to AuburnUndercover.com to check out the latest. Keith is up all day, all night on the Body Get a Message Board, uh, updating folks on everything he's hearing uh, across the SEC and at Auburn specifically. So you better go check it out. Uh, that's the place to be Monday night, Tuesday night, and throughout Wednesday. And who knows where we'll pop up on the road. You never know. Um, Keith, I think it's going to do it. Thanks for joining me 
here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast Recruiting Edition. Signing day starts at what was it, six thirty AM they can start sending those letters? It's gonna be early, yes. Yeah, so they start sending them in early. The uh one of two days during the year fax machines are utilized in the United States of America. But I but now a lot of those are, are filed via email, I understand. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, well, or 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 text or whatever. I mean I think yeah. there's different ways to do it, yeah. Yeah. Technology is finally catching up in, in the recruiting game. Uh,